After a tense USGP, Max shows us why he should be champion. The battle for third between Ferrari and McLaren tightens up, and Checo shows us how to drive without drinking. Let's jump the start. everybody welcome in jump to start racing podcast i'm here virtually with two of my closest friends ruben say hello what's going on guys and see hi guys on today's episode we will be discussing the united states grand prix that took place at the circus of circuit of america of the americas this yeah because it was weekend. two races at the same time circuits of the america yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Before we get started, though, I want to make sure that everybody follows us or knows where we're located. Uh, podcast platforms, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher. Make sure to follow us there. We're also on YouTube. We will not be filming this episode, though, so we'll have to catch us next time. Uh, we're also at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Again, at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow. Uh, drop by, say hello, drop a mention. You know how it goes. But Ruben, how was this, your weekend, this, brother? This show will be on, on YouTube, though. Just not, no video. Maybe. How was your weekend, Ruben? <laughs> My weekend was good. Okay, then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Weekend was good, man. I, I feel sad I couldn't watch the race with you guys this weekend. Uh, I got caught up by the whole uh, not having my vaccine card, so I couldn't get into the bar, but I made it home just in time for the beginning of the race, so it was cool, man. Great race. Strange, strange new world, man. What happened? I'm actually disappointed a little bit in you on that. Why is that? that you didn't even have at least a picture of the thing, man. Come on. Come on. Oh, I thought you had to present the actual card. And I, you know what? I, um... I haven't really been out much. I've been working a lot, so I haven't been subject to that yet. So next time, I already took a picture of it. I took your advice from you. There you go. Thank you. So I'll have it for me next time. How was your weekend, Wellington? Oh, it was good. Uh, We watched the race together, myself and Ruben. So the official F1 meetup, quote-unquote official, uh, from meetups.com is at a bar called Fela. It's across the street from Madison Square Garden. That place was standing room only. Their sister bar stout two doors down. It's like a downstairs area. That place was also standing room only. So much so that they had to open up like another room for everybody watching the race. And that place was packed too. I, I was so surprised at how many uh, Formula One fans there were in attendance of at the bar to watch the race. Uh, but guys, if you're in New York, make sure to drop us a line. I jump to start off one. We go every race to, to watch the races at the bar. Say hello. Uh, and we'll we'll talk we'll talk some F one. Uh, be that seems, as it may, it seems like the uh, the groundswell of uh, of just Formula One fans has also translated here in New York, as we saw, and also a circuit of the Americas with so many people there. They had over what four hundred thousand people over the three day over the three days, and I've never seen 
the bar that we go to so packed. I mean, I, I actually made it there. I saw how packed it was, but I obviously couldn't get in. So it was a pretty crazy weekend. It was a fun race, too, man. Hell yeah, I, man. I, the gentleman that, that runs it on, on, on the day of the race, he said that there was no table left already at 1.30 for a 3 p.m. race. That's crazy. So we get there around 2.30 to catch a table and stuff like that and get there a couple of minutes before the race. We got there by two and there was no tables already. It was crazy. I mean, how many people turn out for this event? It was not. It was nuts. I've never seen that before, to be honest with you. Not for an F1 race. Seen it yeah. for other things, but not an F1 race. All right. So just to get into it, just the race weekend itself. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. Our, our, our drop, our missing, <laughs> our, beloved, our beloved drop. Uh Guys, the, the championship fight that was front and center this weekend, especially after just the, the, the whole week, the whole two weeks worth of buildup after Turkey, after the miraculous second place from Max Verstappen, the, the win by Lewis Hamilton after uh, being able to surpass Lando uh, in Turkey. Uh, podium, the podium finishers were Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and Sergio Perez, who we'll get to later. So Max ended up taking the pole position. He, as they say, they, he pipped Lewis Hamilton right on his last, uh, I guess, shot at the qualifying and, and Q3. Uh, Hamilton overtook him going into turn one, as was expected. He had the inside line, inside line. But then things started getting interesting with Red Bull strategy versus Mercedes' strategy. Overall, what did you guys think of the race itself between these two. I'm going to call them the two gladiators just going at it. Well, Red Bull's strategy paid off at the end. I think that was what won them the race. They were very aggressive with pitting Max earlier than usual. They had the pick of the litter as far as strategy is concerned because Sergio Perez finally, I mean, he's been getting better recently, but finally was able to qualify at the top. Um, so, and with uh, Mercedes taking engine engine penalty, well, more specifically, Valtteri Bottas taking engine penalties. Um, that only left, you know, obviously Max, you know, P1, Hamilton P2 and Perez P3. So, they were able to dictate the strategy. Obviously, they we were surprised when they pitted so early, but we know why it happened because um, it was obvi- they obviously knew that it was hard to overtake um, on this track. But it was it was definitely a gamble because then you're just throwing away the win. Um, but kudos to Red Bull because honestly, it was obviously the car was quick. We didn't we knew it was quick all weekend. But we, I mean, I personally thought that uh, that Mercedes was, this This is a quote-unquote Mercedes track. So they would f- somehow pull out the win. But uh, but kudos to Red Bull, man. They took a chance and they kept the championship lead in the, in the, in the driver's championship. I mean, I, I actually thought that when, by Lewis, obviously, qualifying second, and I saw the beginning of the race when he overtook Max on the first turn. I was like, okay, that's it, race over. You know, Lewis is going to take this race, go all the way and stuff like that. And, you know, the magic fingers of of, of, of Rebel this weekend to, you know, control the strategy and stuff like that <laughs> worked out for them. 
you know, and, yeah. and they were they were able to, you know, like Yancey said earlier, I was also taken taken by surprise of how quick they were pitting to change to these tires. But as it worked out for Red Bull, I thought maybe they should have stayed a couple of more laps, but they know more than us. And and it's, this was this was a race when we were talking about, about the whole race and so how we felt. This is what a race that for a while I we haven't seen, I mean, at least that I've paid attention to the race that much, that I actually stayed on to watch the race without being at least feeling some kind of lagging in between and stuff like that because the whole race we were spec we were waiting, you know. We were expecting the you know the unexpected to happen, I guess, for for Lewis to overtake Max again and just win the race. Unfortunately, that never came. He needed two more laps, but it was a super entertaining race because it kept me at the edge of the seat, at least, you know? Yeah, the race overall was super tense. But this is what we get when we when teams are forced basically to pit twice. Because now the strategy comes more into play. Obviously, you're not getting um you know, weirdo, a whole a whole lot of weirdo real racing, even though we saw that in the first few laps between the Ferraris and the McLarens, which we'll get to later. But um, but I think the story of this race was the strategy. And the reason why we can get into the strategy is because because of high, the, the tire degradation was so high, the temperatures were high, like the track temperature was so high. Um, the teams were forced to stop twice. And within those two pit stops, you can see, well, we could only imagine, you know, what the strategists were going through and all the calculations they were making, but we saw it play out in real time. And it's like you said, Ruben, the race didn't have like a, like a, in the middle section that where there was a lag or there was something where, where it seemed boring. It was tense the whole time because we wanted to see when they were going to pit, what tires they were going to put on. And at the end, with Lewis Hamilton pitting way later than Verstappen, would he be able not only to catch up to him, but to pass him at the end for the win, which made this race, you know, it, it, this made the race. It was a really fun Grand Prix to watch because it was so tense and we didn't know who was going to win. And at the end of the day, when we get to those final laps, yes. we kind of want that mystery. We don't want to know who's going to win. We want to see, we want to see that play out. I don't know for me like i just think that yeah for for us it was exciting and entertaining but is is that what everybody like if you're new to f1 like a lot of the american crowd is is that what you want or do you want the or do you want the uh uh you know intentional safety cars to put the pack back together and, and make it wheel to wheel action like it was very thrilling at the end but for a long time there was, there was a huge gap between Verstappen and, and Hamilton. And I want to I come back to the strategy. So Max pitted on uh, – Red Bull pitted Max on lap 10 from the mediums to hards and then on lap 29 from hards to hards to get to the end of the race. So uh, his hards, his original hards lasted 19 laps and then the, the I guess the new set went for 27 laps. Hamilton's – uh, original pit stop was 13 or lap 13. And then he put it in lap 37. Um, so obviously there was a much bigger gap in his, uh, his middle stint. Yeah. But my question, my question here is, is that what Mercedes was originally planning or did they just kind of overshoot? Did they overreact to Max's early stop saying, okay, now, we, now we can 
beat them at their own game because they pitted so early. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some data here. Boras pitted on lap 15 and then he pitted on lap 34, which is exactly the same stint length as Max Verstappen, 19 laps. So like, was that their original plan executed through Boras? And then it's like, okay, let's see if Hamilton could kind of keep up pace and, and see where it gets to. I, I don't know. It just, I, I thought that it was more of Red Bull forcing Mercedes's hand than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it was, which is why I mentioned Paris. Though I think that might have, I don't know what the original plan was. I guess we have to see the Mercedes debrief on YouTube, but the, the, you know, the, the guy that Rubens loved, loved to hear that he stays up all night. Yeah. But if you see Paris, Paris, well, let's go, let's rewind that. Obviously Max went aggressive, pitted lap 10. Max goes on the radio and made sure to tell the team to have Perez pit as early as possible so Hamilton would have to cover Perez off. Because obviously, if, if Perez keeps going, it gives Hamilton the opportunity to keep going on his, on, on his tires, and it gives him an advantage at the end of the race. Now, if he has to cover Perez because Perez pitted, Perez is going to be on fresher tires. Perez went on scrubbed mediums so he's going to be quicker than him so he had to cover enough cover him off to make sure that he stays in front of Perez if not Perez would have overtaken him easily in the pits so yeah Mercedes forced their hand that's the advantage of having two cars up front uh, uh you know two against one as opposed to you know having let's say Botas in there so they can dictate so they can answer back with a better strategy that's why you have to have both cars because if you have the cars right behind each other, whoever pits, they got to cover them off. If not, they're going to get overtaken on in the pits. Of course, I think it was the, the, the pits. Maybe the meters were not working at, at least for, for, you know, for the front guys. Were not, you know, especially for Max, that was actually from the get go. He was just all in on, you know, on, on the, on, on Max capacity of the car, like pushing all the way. So maybe the, the the mediums didn't do the job that they're probably expected to do. And they went on the hard show early because it looked like the hearts were working because they, you know, obviously did a double sting on the on the hard show. Uh I don't know. I, well, I just, the, the, I mediums, the, the mediums weren't gonna last anyways. So what was that? The mediums weren't gonna last anyways. I mean, you could see, look at Paris. Paris pitted 12, then he had to pit again lap 30. So it's what? Set what uh, five lap, dif- uh, three 13 lap, uh, three lap difference between those two sticks. Am I right or am I wrong? When that matter? Five. yeah, or five, but it wasn't that much of a difference, so the mediums obviously weren't lasting that long. The hards were, and that's what you want to do and take it to the end, yeah. But... No, no, it just also the, the, the race forced everybody to do a two stopper, like there was nobody not even pushing to the one stopper. Who, no. where somebody will obviously, you know, try to take a gamble and, and try to see how it does, but the tires were not going to no, last. It was, it's hotter than usual, so the tires exactly. are going to go. These are, obviously, you go through those S's, you're going to be scrubbing a lot of those tires at those high speeds and through into the first sector. I mean, it wasn't, yeah, I mean, they weren't going to last. And like I said, I think at the, the end way of the these day... Cars go through those- 
beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's you know, it rem- it, that's why they built it off. Uh, well, they modeled it after maggots and maggots and silver stuff. Um, and then you have that big sweeping turn at the end of the in sector three, which is modeled after Turkey. So it's um, it's definitely a track that will will challenge the drivers. It will challenge the car. It would it would, it would degrade the tires. And we saw that, you know, and I think we always get one of these finishes here at the U.S. Grand Prix. We always get one of those tense races. It's always based on strategies. Most of the time it's a two, two-stop strategy. And and uh, I personally remember when Kimi got his last win, how, I don't know, I think it was Max that was chasing him down at the end. It was either Max or Lewis. I don't know who it was. Lewis. It, it was, was Lewis chasing, it was Max. Oh, Lewis. Yeah. Well, right, I don't know. Lewis. But, but we get it was like we didn't know who was gonna win at the end. And it's same, it was kind of the same thing played out here. So I want to read uh so we know that Hamilton pitted lap. I'm sorry, Max pitted lap 29, Hamilton pitted lap 37, and Sergio Perez pitted lap 30. I'm gonna read some lap times. So Max Verstappen from lap 33 to lap 34 gained 1.4 seconds. On Hamilton, from thirty-four to th- from thirty-four to thirty-five, he gained seven tenths of a second. From thirty-five to thirty-six, he gained another one point one seconds, and from thirty-six to thirty-seven, he gained one point four seconds. So that type of, I guess, delta uh, is kind of really what spurred on the the pit stop. That's why I'm arguing that it was so late when you're losing that much time, and you could see it in the data. The, the engineers see it on the pit wall. So I'm going to read Sergio Perez now. From 33 to 34, he gained three-tenths. Okay, so from 34 to 35, he gained one full second. 35 to 36, he ended up gaining another full second. And 36 to 37, 1.4 seconds. So that type of, I don't know, to me, that type of delta just indicates that the Mercedes pit wall ended ended up waiting a little too long. Besides the fact, though, Juan Manuel Correa at the end on the post-race was saying that you need like a... uh, I'll call it, a, again, a delta of about two seconds per lap. You need to be moving that much faster in order to be able to overtake at, at the Circuit of the Americas because it's so hard to overtake once you get into dirty air. And that's, I think, what ended up happening at the end of the race with Lewis Hamilton. He could never really squeeze that gap down from two seconds to really within to the DRS. He, he barely was able to get into it uh, without help from Mick Schumacher. And even when he did, Max was able to pull out of it very quickly in either sector one or sector three, which the Red Bulls were much better at. Yeah, he also got the help from Mick Schumacher with the DRS at the end, also. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Max, because uh, yeah. I, I saw that question floating around too. Like, why didn't Max, that was in front of Lewis, was able to get DRS? Because obviously, in the detection zone, he was winning a second of Schumacher. Of Schumacher, yeah. So he was the one that was able to get the DRS advantage further down. Do you think um, that they'll change that rule going forward? No. Nah. I mean, unless they get rid of the I think they're looking to get DRS eventually. So I don't I don't think they change it anytime soon. Eventually uh, they'll get rid of DRS. I think they're gonna keep it next year just because um they don't know they don't really know how the rules are gonna play out. But if the cars can follow better, there's no point of having DRS. Because the whole point of having DRS now is because the car the cars can't follow each other through the corners so that the huge gap opens so you can you can close in on the gap on the streets and by the way in 2018 when kimmy won it was max Verstappen chasing him down at the yeah that's mm-hmm. sorry uh, oh. lewis hamilton came in 
so now our World Drivers Championship standings: Max Verstappen two hundred eighty-seven point five, Hamilton two seventy-five point five. A twelve-point difference has been opened up. Yeah, it was a big five, it was Huge. Yeah. Luckily, Hamilton ended up getting that fastest lap point, but we have five races left. We don't know what uh, Qatar and Saudi Arabia will bring us, but Mexico and Brazil, Brazil, uh, I, I don't know if I could even say it like full-throatedly, but those are typically right now considered Red Bull tracks. I think you got to throw that out the window at this point. I was using the same analysis, but I mean, Coda was a, was a Mercedes track and, and we saw how quick the Red Bulls were here. Um, and that's happened all season. Like, you know, the, the Red Bull has been competitive or won at tracks that are t- quote unquote Mercedes tracks. So I think it's it comes down to what we wanted to come down to. Who's the better driver that day? How are they going to set up the cars? You know, how are they going to manage their tires and what kind of strategy they're going to use? There's I think that's there's no longer, at least between Mercedes and Red Bull, you can't say that there's any tracks that are better suited to them. I, I this track proved it all. I mean. And obviously, it's been evident throughout the entire season, but this just kind of like opened my eyes. I'm like, okay, there's not really a track that suits anybody better. It's just, it comes down to what we want it to come down to. Who races better that day? Who has a better strategy? It's literally between the two teams. It's not because the track suits anybody better or anything like that. I was that the track being, you know, being that suits the, the, the other. Favor favors the other car or whatever and stuff like that. I agree with what Yancy just said right now regarding the the how close, you know, competitive wise, how close in timing these two cars are, and Red Bull has has been doing this has been playing their strategic game better than Mercedes this year, and it's been paying off for them, and that's why they're in the lead now as far as like the drivers' championship, you know. But we still got six, six more races. Hey, oh, that's five, what you said. So the class, the cars are just close together. Mercedes might win in Mexico. Who knows? Yeah, I mean they've won there before, but that's the thing is that Mercedes has been so dominant that one of they've won at every track. So, yep. you know, but the Red Bull car is good, and then it seems like um, you know Mercedes found a trick on the on the on the straights to make their diffuser stall. So. They have a they have a trick where they basically as they go after they build up speed their suspension drops down in the back so it gives them less drag and I, I was watching the coverage on on Sky F1 on that and that's why they it's not even that their engine their engine is so much better it's just that it's an aerodynamic um or it's a trick in the suspension with the aerodynamics where it drops the cars when they build up speed the forces drop the car down where it, it produces less drag. So as they're going through the straights, you know, they're, they're, they actually get, they actually have a faster car. And then when they get into the corners, the, the, the downforce kicks in where they need it. Jeez. It's pretty ingenious stuff, man. But that's how hard these teams are fighting. And it's all legal. Wow. It's all legal. 
if, if last year we had the DAS, what would this system be called? I mean, I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I'm the pretty black. sure other teams are doing it, but not to the extent. And it suits the Mercedes better. And it'll actually suit the 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 Aston Martins also because obviously they have a lower rate car. So if they can, even if they build, if they, even if they go a little bit lower, they don't have to go that much lower because the car, the rake is already that low. I mean, that's, I like these, that's an example of how hard these teams are fighting. Is like they, any little thing that they can do, any little adjustments that they can do, they're doing it and they're pushing each other to do it. And that's what we want to see. So look, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with what you're saying that the tracks don't matter. So I'll give you some examples, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it this way. Ever since Mercedes did their engine upgrade, we've gotten to a point where we can clearly say, okay, this is a Mercedes track and this is a Red Bull track. The example I'm going to give is Monza, where Max was so afraid of Hamilton coming out of the pits and then going into the straights uh, right after that turn one, two, he crashed into him. Like, let's be, let's be real. He did not want to give an inch because Hamilton was just going to run away from him like he did all race long up to that point. Russia, if not for the Hamilton won, but if not for the weather, I, I dare say it would have been a one-two for for uh, for Mercedes again. And it's something that we couldn't see the true power of the Mercedes because of the weather. The same in Turkey, where it was the weather that affected that those three series of races. Oh, I'm sorry, two those two consecutive races, and then Monza was the crash. So I I don't know. And there's so many slow corners in the U.S. Grand Prix, I'm going to say, at the Circuit of the Americas, uh, uh, sectors sectors one and three. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, sector one doesn't have slow corners. It has the S's, but then sector three has a lot of slow turns, and that benefits benefits the Red Bull, and we saw it in in Hamilton's attempts to try and get within DRS. He just could not, he could not close that gap. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Mexico also has a lot of slow turns, especially, like, if you go into the stadium. So that sector three is, like, murder until you get to that, that uh, start-finish straight. It's all slow turns. So Yeah, but that, that, that's the thing with Mexico. And, and, again, we'll talk about that at the preview. But, you know, going into Mexico, Mexico has a, has a long straight, too. And it usually, but it's not a, it's a track that, that favors Red Bull, but Mercedes could be strong there, too, so. I don't know. It's a toss-up. I don't think track characteristics matter at this point. But, I mean, we can agree to disagree. Okay, so at this point, right, the cars are what they are. Hopefully, we don't get any DNFs going towards the end of the season. The drivers, um, I, I don't know if I've seen a better right now mind merge between a team and a driver than what you see between Max and Red Bull. Like even you, you hear a lot of Hamilton arguing with the pit wall. I should have pitted or I should do this, or we should go into a different type of tire. You don't hear any of that from Max. And it's like, they're just one unit, just really so focused on that championship. Uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you some, uh, uh, an interesting stat. Aside from his retirements and the blow at Baku, how many races do you think that Max Verstappen has finished lower than second place? Um, I have the I have the thing right in front of me. I can't guess oh. that. <laughs> so he's finished outside, below second place, just one time all season, and that was at Hungary. 
Aside from that, it was Azerbaijan, the blowout. Great Britain, obviously, Silverstone, the issue with where he crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monza. Whatever. Also. And then Monza, the same thing. Well, he finished ninth in Hungary. Right. Mm-hmm. But that was the only issue, the only time outside of. Yeah, outside of those. Second place. Yeah. That, I don't know, that's a masterful season so Which far. Which is why I'm surprised that he's not further out in the championship. He has clearly driven better than Lewis this season. There's, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And he's cool, calm, collected. This race he showed under pressure in the final laps. There was, you know, he was, he managed that race perfectly. Even with Lewis coming down, he already had, he knew that he could, he had a little, he saved a little bit at the end so he can pull out just enough of a gap where Lewis can't get to him. Like I said, just looking how the season's gone along, I'm surprised that Max is not further out ahead. Should he be further ahead? Yes, but he should be further ahead even further. But I think that you have to factor in, obviously, the tire blowout in Baku, the two, the two uh, shunts or crashes uh, with Hamilton, uh, which forced him to retire. But, um, but yeah, Max, if Max is the champion this season, he definitely deserves it. But you can say the same thing for Lewis. Yeah, like when you're in paper, in paper, Max should be, you know, leading by miles. But the, the you know, the DNS is, and, you know, has not, that's what has really hurt them on the points. And that's the reason why they're still so close, Hamilton. Well, he has one. It's really just the one race because at Baku, Hamilton finished 15, so he didn't get any points, right? In Italy, Monza, they both crashed out, so they, neither of them got points. It's really that Silverstone, the DNF versus that first place, that, you know, that's 25-point difference right there, added together to the 12-point lead. That's 37 points that he would be leading if, if he had one. Well, you can't just add the 25 up front because Lewis would have scored points as well, but there would have it wouldn't be as drastic where it's just a 25 point gain only for Lewis. So, I mean, let's move on. That's the championship fight. Let's put Do a you, bit in that. Uh, yeah. One more question, because we're seeing this a lot. Do you think that the engine situation with Mercedes is going to, is going to factor into the final five races as far as a championship fight? I believe that they're both going to have engine issues. I think that they're both at some point going to be taking at least a five-place penalty for the ICE. Both of them? Yeah, both teams. Wow. Yeah, because think about it. Max, this is already Max's third race on this current engine. He's still got five more to go. Yeah. I think both teams are waiting for each other's next move kind of stuff when it comes to the engine. And I believe that's why when Lewis took the penalty, they only changed the internal combustion, you know, part of it, that they did not change. Yeah, the they don't thing. want to drop them back further. Exactly. Yeah, so mm-hmm. but I believe that's why. They know every little grid penalty is on their, you know, it hasn't helped them with Bota. So, you know, obviously two different drivers, but Bota has taken the blunt of those penalties so far, and he's the, he's being used as, as a testing ground to see. Mm-hmm. As a guinea pig. 
the guinea pig, like I said earlier. Yeah, it's a guinea pig. Actually, let's talk about the second drivers up, up next. So, Bottas coming into the uh, weekend ended up taking another. Uh, it was just the internal combustion engine, right? He ended up taking another penalty for the internal combustion engine, five grid spots. What was it? His sixth penalty. We're now going to Hunts Point to get additional engines <laughs> for Bottas. <laughs> <laughs> he still managed, you know, he still managed to finish sixth. He um he qualified fourth, started in ninth, and you know, managed to finish sixth, surpassed uh, Carlos Sainz like uh, towards the end of the race to be able to yes. get to that place. Um I d I don't know. What do we it was an okay drive. Um, you know, I had tough circumstances because of the engine issues. What do we think about Boras's race? Is is anything really to to write home about? No, it's normal Botas. I mean, he maximized what he can get. Uh, obviously, we know that, um, especially when he finish when he starts in front of other cars, he not really good at overtaking. Um, we see we see these cars. If you look at the onboard, you see how much these cars struggle in dirty air overall as far as f1 car these iterations of f1 cars uh drivers like a max or a lewis or a leclerc who have better car control um can get through the turbulence and actually you know overtake uh valtteri is not one of those drivers unfortunately so i mean he but he will get you maximum amount of points regardless of the situation which is why i always say he's a good second driver but i think that's the the most he can do and obviously um it's like you said Ruben, using him as the testing ground or guinea pig um that's where he's relegated to this season i think that that's the now we just go back maybe that's the difference between him and uh, Nico Rosberg that even though they'll go above and beyond because they want it more you know and mm-hmm. that's both us I think playing happy teammate has not worked from or playing playing the the conservative teammate you know it's just that has what has hindered him throughout all this all these times with Mercedes where he unfortunately doesn't show that spark that a guy that I believe maybe George Russell will show us when they come when he comes over. Well, because I mean, George is not want to win. At the end of the day, you got to be quicker. And yes. If you're not quicker, then you just relegated to what the team tells you. And both us, both us is a quick driver though. I he's think, a quick driver in qualifying. But wait, both us is a quick driver. But I believe once the car starts starts fighting him. And that, that this goes back to a comment that you know a sentence that we use a lot is that the Mercedes car was built to to leave, being yes. clean air all the time. You know, once he gets caught up in dirty air and the, you know the car starts fighting him now because maybe the car is getting too hot or the wheels are getting too hot and you know, stuff like that, he can overcome you know those circumstances. There's there's Boras. Um Sergio Perez drove with no drink. He had the drink mouth drink system malfunction at the start of the race, uh, where it just it wouldn't stop. 
I guess, spilling on him. Uh, at the end of the day, even though it was brutal conditions because it was extremely hot uh, in Austin, Texas, he still ended up with his second consecutive podium. Uh, they're closing the gap. Red By they, I mean Red Bull is closing the gap to Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship. It's now a 23-point deficit versus where it was before. Uh, and from Texas, where he did have a big contingent of fans, now Sergio is going to his home race in which we expect, you know, his superpowers to activate. Um, where do we see, or do you believe that Paris has finally got hold of that car and is going to be able to start to squeeze more performance out of it? Or is this just an illusion? I think he will keep up with the pace that he's showing us lately. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure where I heard it. I think it was then in the post-race show where they were going to get some of the tech and stuff like that. They're saying now the, the, the difference has been in this last couple of races with Paris, especially now in Coda, is that they're not following Max's setup on the car. They're more going uh, a setup tailored to Checo. And this is how the car is reacting to them going, I guess you will say, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound that well, but it's going their own way on the setup for Checo, not following, you know, not, not Checo to be a max style of driver. You know, they put the car set up to a max style of driver when Checo's different and Checo could get performance out of the car when they tailor it to him. And that's what's showing in these last few races. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Max was stopping our driver of the day. I think uh, Checo uh, deserved that award as well. Um, if you if you guys were able to see the the post race interviews, he looked exhausted after that race. He didn't feel well going into the race. Uh, he was feeling sick, and then on top of that, for his drinks, he couldn't drink since after lap two, I believe, and is exhausting. And for him to put in a performance like that was pretty good. Um, obviously, at the beginning of the race, he was able to keep up with them, keep up with Max and Lewis, somewhat keep up with them. But then he dropped back, but he was still able to stay ahead of Leclerc uh, to to solidify that that pod that that third place in the podium position. But the reason why he's dropped back was because he just wasn't feeling well. And for him to just endure that that race, driving as good as he is, along with those setup changes, you know, like you said, Ruben, yeah, he's the last few races have proven that he's already getting up to speed. Um, and he's obviously uh, it'd be good to see him and Bota start in similar positions or right, right, right next to each other to see who, in fact, is driving better, because as we mentioned before in previous podcasts, the battle for the constructors is going to go down to who wins between Perez and Bottas. And right now, but uh, Perez has the momentum. He's driving better. He's definitely gotten used to that car. And he's playing a big role in why Max has been able to eke out these. I mean, obviously, Mercedes had the, the momentum coming into this race as far as winning. But... Um, but he's going to play a big role if he can qualify up there just the way he did this race. He's going to play a big role in in if Red Bull uh, is able to overtake Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship. He's going to play a big role in, 
and say and why they win that championship. And he's also going to be an important part of this, uh, part of obviously the team strategy to push Max Verstappen to that uh, WDC, World's Drivers Championship, Ruben. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah. The WDC. <laughs> <laughs> so one unsung thing also that uh, was mentioned on the broadcast is that Adrian Newey's back. I think he joined them again last race. Uh, but now his influence and his ability to see through the see through the matrix, see the numbers for what they are and what they represent, uh, will end up helping not just Sergio Perez but the whole team in general push that a little bit more forward. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited for Sergio. I'm excited to see him in Mexico. It's going to be. I wish I could go because it's going to be incredible to to hear for him. Um, and hopefully and he has that a chance just, to win the race, which is which is crazy. Yeah, which oh is, he's never he's never been in that position before. So let's, let's let's be real here, though. If he's first and Max is second, team orders are definitely definitely going to come into play. Oh yeah, I mean he has to basically out race and out qualify Max, which obviously has not happened this entire year. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't. But maybe the adrenaline gets to him. Maybe Sergio Perez, you know, turns into Super Perez, Super Checo, and uh, wills that 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 Red Bull to pole and takes the victory. You never know. As long as Max finishes ahead of Hamilton, it'll be fine. I mean, going into Mexico, Max flies in Mexico. He does. He performed very well on that track. So we have to wait yeah. and see. He's won, but we'll talk about the next He's won, what, twice before that? Or what? Remember what? Max. Remember once Max was leading by so much, they actually told him to turn down the engine. Because he was just so, so out. I think that was the reason. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't recall. Um, all right. So moving on from there, the McLaren versus Ferrari battle that's another one that's heating up this constructors battle is even more intense than the one on, at the top uh amazingly um lap one we saw an incredible battle between sergio i mean not sergio uh carlos signs trying to fend off both lando norris and daniel ricardo to the point where <laughs> yeah he <laughs> he ended up uh overtaking off track, having to give a position back to Lando, but and Danny Ricardo squeezes in there, then Carlos Sainz never gave back the, the position to Lando, but it was just an ongoing battle throughout that first lap, and then really throughout, throughout the whole race where we saw Lando finish just behind Carlos Sainz, whose tires were kind of failing him. Uh, we saw Danny Ricardo pull out ahead, um, and obviously Valtteri Bottas kind of squeezed in there. What do you guys think I just I don't really see I don't really see a clear winner, but I have to say that it is unfortunate to see that the I feel like the McLarens are just tailing off performance wise, or the Ferraris are improving just that much. I don't know which is more, but you see much better performance from Ferrari over the last uh, few races. Ferraris are improving, hands down. That's the issue. No, yeah, my, my Ferraris in. Uh... Update. It was like a night and day thing for them, but 
at the beginning of the race, that battle was super nice to watch, obviously, between all these cars, you know, because the, the three cars, remember, the McLaren's attacking Carlos Sainz. But well, uh, Ricardo didn't overtake Sainz. Sainz gave Ricardo the position thinking that he was Lando because he overtook Lando, you know, the, the wrong way. But at that point, already, Ricardo had also overtaken Lando. So he also, that's the reason why he also let then Lando pass because he had given, you know, he, I guess, I don't know if in the rules is like that. He's supposed to give back the place to who he took him from, and he ended up losing two, you know, I guess, well, two places. The, the issue there was that um, science... He got confused. No, well, science, science overtook, uh, I don't know, I don't. it was one of the McLaren's. He, he overtook Lando. them. He overtook Lando, but he was, uh, he was off track when he overtook them. Yes. So what he did was, in order, you know, to save face and not have the FIA or the stewards or the race director call in and have him take the place back. He already gave him the place back. But during this whole melee, Ricardo, Ricardo got ahead of him. And then Lando won the behind him. So the stewards told them, listen, you got to give the place back to Lando, not Ricardo. So that's why he yeah, fell two places. Um, but it was a fun scrap between those three, man. It was fun. It was cool. At watch. the beginning, it was very fun to watch. Yeah. And then, obviously, I think one of the most consistent te- consistent teams on the grid this year have been, has been McLaren, which is why they're in the position that they have. Been. But they haven't gotten any better. They haven't gotten any worse. Um, and they have gotten better though because Ricardo has come up. In the, well, in the, uh, no, well, no, they Ricardo. they swap places now. Now Lando's doing the Ricardo, and Ricardo's doing the Lando. Yeah, I mean, but that's the whole thing. It's, it's the car. I would I want to just reiterate. It's the car that's been consistent. Um, obviously the drivers have been very consistent as well, but Ricardo obviously got off to a slow start, but now he's catching up to speed and we're seeing Ricardo be Ricardo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is the Ricardo that we love, that we love seeing and why we were excited to see him go to McLaren. Um, but obviously the, uh, I think the most consistent driver pairing, as far as drivers is concerned, has been Leclerc and Sainz, but the car under them has gotten better. I think that's been the difference. The the technical department at Ferrari, obviously with the engine, um, obviously the car was very good in slow quarters. Aerodynamically, it's a very solid car, but they lacked engine power. And I think with that engine upgrade that they brought in recently, um, which they took an engine, they, they both took engine penalties for, that has put them over the top. And it looks like now they are... Um, they are overperforming. Well, not overperforming, but they are better than McLaren as far as the car is concerned. And obviously, the drivers, I think now we're going to see the real battle. I think it's going to come down to the car because Lando and Ricardo are consistent this season. Signs and Leclerc have been consistent this season. It's going to come down to the drivers and if they can stay consistent and obviously have performances where they can literally outdrive the car and get these these results that they can get like a podium or even or even a race win when the opportunity arises. But the cars seem to be pretty evenly matched, but it seems like right now the Ferrari's a little bit better than the McLaren, but I think that has to play out within the next few races. We saw in Russia Charles Leclerc took an engine penalty. He ends up finishing 15th. In Turkey, Carlos Sainz took that engine penalty. But aside from those finishes, right, here is Charles Leclerc's last five races. Fifth, 
fourth, and then that 15th, then fourth and fourth. That is exactly what you need. Just finish best of the rest, and you'll deliver for your team. For Carlos Sainz, it was seventh, sixth, third, eighth, seventh. Not as consistent, but that third place really helps uh, soothe a lot of the uh, misery there. On Come on, the yeah. end. When did we leave your time to say it? Come on. I know. He's, he's, he's speaking over the... Yancy picked so much the mic cut off. <laughs> Go ahead, Wellington. My bad. No, guys. Um, anything else? I mean, I didn't mention the, the uh, difference there. So McLaren's at 254. Ferrari's at 250.5. A three and a half point difference. There's another one that's going to grind down to the end. Very excited to see this go. Yeah, I, I mean, as you can see, as the Ferrari gets better, that gap keeps closing down and closing down. And um, and this is one of those battles where, as we see with, with Mercedes and Red Bull, where we start talking about track differences, I don't, I don't foresee, we just got to see which car is better, which driver drives better, if there's no engine penalties, if there's no, you know, scraps where... People are DNFing. I mean, it's going to come down to the end. This is very close. But I have faith in... We Tofosi have the faith in our Ferrari team and the Scuderia. They're going to pull this one out for third, which would be a massive improvement from where they finished last year. Guys, of, of interest throughout the rest of the race, was there anything else? The only thing I could really think of is that whole... I guess I'll call it the Alphas versus Alonzo battle where it was, it was just silly over the radio. It was uh, <laughs> Kimmy overtaking uh, Alonzo outside of the track, but it was because he was pushed out. And then that whole, oh, are we allowed to take, take overtake outside of the track? Yes, no. Uh, well, Kimmy just did it, et cetera. That was, that was um, an interesting battle of two world champions, two former world champions. Um, any thoughts on that or anything else outside of what we've already discussed in the race? F to, to FIA team radio comes through again to give us a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of uh, entertainment during the race. I mean, I, those those two, uh, there was there was obviously a little bit of a gamesmanship going on there. Uh, two different incidences. Um But yeah, it was fun to watch though. It's something else to watch with you know during during the obviously there was the scrap going on at the front. We have the battles between the McLarens and the Ferraris in the midfield. And then, you know, for those uh last champ, there's a battle for those last championship points. Um, this is why Formula One is different from any other series, where you know, you touched upon um, you know, uh like a indie car where there's safety cars or a NASCAR where there's safety cars. You don't get a lot of that in F1 uh, because it's just different. And this, it is what makes F1 unique as far as a championship. You're driving the fastest cars in the world, but there's not just one battle going on. There's battles throughout the grid. And if you start paying attention to those battles and, and the dramas that goes on between, and I think that's what Netflix has done as far as pointing out the different you know, the tactics and the drama that goes on between these teams, then you will be enthralled. And like we are, when we were when, in 2017, been enthralled just by 
tuning in every weekend and watching Formula One. Um, and we're finally getting a battle to the end, which is what we needed. And we're hoping to get this more and more often with these rule changes. Uh, this year has been so much fun and, I, and it's coming down to the last five races. What we want is not knowing who's going to win the championship. At this point last year, we already knew Lewis was going to be the champion. Um, yeah, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to get to Mexico and watch the rest of these races. It's going to be a fun end of the season. Yeah, I mean, on the going back to the uh, to the Raikkonen and, and, and Alonso, it's just a shame that the, the the two cars during are not a little more competitive. Imagine if they were how these guys will also be battling even more throughout the season and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but they are fighting for champ, but that's the tears. It's just the way. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What we want to yeah. see is multiple cars fighting for the championship. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, that's it. Uh, one thing of note. Jamie Chadwick Williams, reserve driver, wins the W Series. I think she has enough super point, super license points now to race in Formula One. So maybe we'll see her in free practices. But uh, imagine seeing a woman in, in Formula One. That'd be a woman driver. That'd be interesting. That'd be awesome. Uh, but I think that was that was the reason why the W Series was created. Yeah. So so I, give women a, a, a dedicated series where they can not only gain sponsorship, but also gain experience and move up the ladder. The reason I even bring it up is that they had so much of the Danica Patrick doing the coverage on ESPN. I'm surprised that they didn't mention it more or highlight that more. It mm-hmm. would be a, just a, a perfect segue right into that. Like, oh, my God, here's another opportunity yeah. for, for a female yeah. driver. Yeah, I think this is the first year that the W Series is a support series for Formula One. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't that uh, in the last first year. year, last year, or the first two years because it's the third season. Um, but um, but at least they can showcase their talents in front of, you know, you know the big boys, and, you know, in, in front of Formula One teams and also the crowds, and and they can get more appreciation for what they do. So if it, it I mean, the goal is the goal was that when it started, um, there was a lot of pushback. I remember when it, when it started because some people felt that it would it needed like a woman can race in any series, but if you can just give them more experience in a in a competitive series, I think it benefits them as well, and then they can move up the ranks of Formula Three, Formula Two, and ultimately in Formula One. So. Uh, it's been a great success, and I hope it keeps uh, moving forward. Anything else, boys? Off to Mexico, man. Got to see a whole bunch of skeletons for uh, Dia de los Muertos, mariachi yeah. bands. Um, it's gonna be a. It's always a fun atmosphere in Mexico. Even watching it through the TV, to, through the TV. Uh, but you guys can attest to that because I, you guys, what, went two years ago when it was held? So, yeah, we got the preview coming up next week. Yeah, final five races of the season. Let's go, let's push, let's push, let's push. All right, and on that note, guys, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. If you're listening to us on podcast platform or if you would like to. 
It is uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher are our platforms. Please make sure to leave us some feedback, drop a review, however many stars you want to give. We would prefer five stars. Uh, we're also on YouTube, just not this episode, but Jump to Start Racing podcast. Uh, subscribe if you've seen more than one video. Uh, hit that thumbs up, the bell to be alerted for when we drop new videos, and uh, make sure to comment on our stuff. But that's it. See you guys in Mexico. Peace. Peace.